Welcome to News Talk's League of Ireland podcast. He is Kevin Doherty. And I am Oisín Langan. Coming up, we're going to talk about Ireland's double header of World Cup qualifiers against Georgia on Saturday at 5 o'clock in Tbilisi and against Serbia at home next Tuesday. That match, by the way, is live and off the ball. We're going to hear from Roy Keane on why Sean Maguire wasn't brought into the squad. He may find himself in in the next couple of days, depending on whether or not they need cover, depending on injuries and all that. But should he have been in from the start? Keith Andrews said on Off the Ball on Monday night that he can't understand why Maguire isn't in because he just gives something extra, maybe. He does something different to what anyone else we have at the moment does, especially in that kind of forward unit. Shane Long isn't playing a whole pile of games at the moment. That would be a bit of a worry. We don't seem to have an out-and-out goal scorer. Anyway, we'll do more on that in a little while. We'll also hear from former Cork City player Kevin Long, along with Kieran Clark. They may play together at the back. They may not play at all at the back. One of them might play... It's hard to guess with Martin O'Neill. We'll get into that as we go along. And we're coming to you from a new studio today. Kevin, tell us about the new studio and where we are. Yeah, it's a very plush facility here in my kitchen in our town. So uh, hopefully everyone can hear us properly. And um, now it's, uh, I hope, as I said, hopefully we can do it a bit more often, save me going into town. Well, that's very true. As you may be aware, I have a new role with Off the Ball. I'm the out and about reporter and the roving reporter and the, the man in the field, the Brian Fantana. Uh, it means that I'm very rarely in studio. So to actually go into studio and record this would be a massive inconvenience to Kevin and I. And um, as much as we care about the product, we care about ourselves way, way more. So that's why we're coming to you today from Kevin's Kitchen. I actually think that could be a good item from here on in. Kevin's Kitchen. We bring like a player or a manager in and they, they confess all. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds. Well, actually, a, a former... Summer Grover's legend, uh, more or less built the kitchen, Mick Bourne, so he maybe he could be and did the garden. Yeah, uh, did a good job. Yeah, well, like I could do a cut in the grass, but sure, look, I'll do that. Well, it has been raining, in fairness. We, we, we'll let you off with that. Anyway, um, we're going to talk, as I say, about Ireland, but uh, we'll start with... Cork City against Shamrock Rovers and I guess before we look ahead to Rovers next match against Cork City on Friday night at Tallis Stadium let's look back to their game against Shelburne they won 3-0 in their FAI Cup clash last week in fairness to Shells they hung on in there but maybe Rovers class told in the end yeah look it was it was comfortable enough um, for Rovers really uh, was nil all at half time Shells did, did well worked hard kept the shape well Rovers had a lot of the ball without having loads of uh, real chances but they sort of they, they were they were well in control in fairness uh, Rovers and it was I, I actually saw Stephen Bradley talking today about that because they were able to work shells a bit in the first half he thought this, that that made them or gave them the opportunity to create spaces and all the shells were getting a little bit tired in the second half so although they, they didn't create loads of chances in the first half the, the work they did in the first half maybe uh, benefited them in the second and they took their clinical enough they took their didn't have loads and loads of chances but uh, they took their chances well enough. Graham Bork again was the standout one for me. You can see the the class that he has. You know he was getting on the ball, trying to trying to do things. It was slow enough in the first half, but once they upped it, I think even once they got the first goal, it was sort of you know I think most people in the in Tolka sort of knew that it was going to be done then. We had Shell's manager on here on a couple of weeks ago, and he said that the cup competitions were important for them because it kind of kept their season alive. They're out of contention in the first division. Okay, the FAI Cup is done for them but they actually beat Pats in the Leinster Senior League semi-final uh, last night as we speak so that was a bit of a boost for them but obviously you didn't see that game you did see the game against Rovers did you see anything that would suggest that there's a good young crop of players coming through and that maybe just maybe next year they could challenge? Ah, oh, yeah look they've, it's, it's sort of there's always young players coming through 
the problem is, and 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 it was the same in my time at Shells and even before me, is that they, if they they come through, they they're usually taken by by clubs in the Premier Division. So that's the problem that that is there and what Owen will have again. Like I would say that lads that do well tend to move on. Like fairly so, do you quick. tell your players at this time of the year, if you're a first division manager, play well but not too well? No, <laughs> you'd like them to, to play well in every game. And oh, you what look the ideal scenario is that you'd be able to tie them down. But like whether they can do that or not, I don't know. But uh, no, look, they, they they have few they have a couple of experienced players as well. Like you know that were playing the other night. But the young lads that said they like it, Dale Rooney playing the other night. He really good player, Jimmy Brown playing right back played the full game. Good lads, good lads that were there in my time as well, and, and couple even more on the bench. But you would think I said if 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 they want to, if, if, if Shelbourne, and I've said this before, want to progress, you need to be tying these players down and not allowing them to, to go on to... It's happened for yeah. the last so many years. Every year, the lads that have been doing well have left. Shamrock Rovers playing Cork City this Friday night. It's a huge game. Now, I know City fans would love to have won the league at Tala. I have to say, as a City fan myself, taking myself out of the neutral broadcaster mode, which, of course, I'm always in when I'm doing this podcast. God, it would have been great to win the bloody league in front of those lads. But, but, but that's not going to happen. They'll take a step closer if they win. What kind of game do you think it'll be? I think Rovers will come in with a bit of confidence. Um, Cork, obviously, the FAI Cup. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was ourselves talking about. They got the chance to get a, f- a few goals again. Like yeah. you know, if they hadn't been, they'd been winning a couple, lost a couple, but they got an awful lot of goals. And they were playing against a poor at long side, but just hitting the back of the net and getting that feeling back again because there had been question marks about can they score, how many goals can they score without Sean Maguire and stuff and. I noticed we were talking about where they play, who plays centre forward. I think Ellis played up there the other night, and but they all scored. Shepherd scored, Campion scored, Ellis scored. So it'll give John Caulfield probably a good headache to have about what way they're going to go against Rovers. Stephen Bradley, on the other hand, will. I know he's said before that that he playing Cork, he 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 was confident enough about playing. They got hammered one time, but I think they, they went a million miles off the other times. And, and Rovers, instead of going into it in decent form themselves, so it's actually going to be a really good game. I know they would like to win it in town. I think if Dundalk, if Pats beat Dundalk, I think there's a possibility they, they still could. Yeah. So that's that's probably might be asking even a bit too much, but you know, Pats and themselves might do that for, for them. But yeah, I, 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 we said before, yeah, they might like to win it against Rovers, but just once they win it, that's really, really the main thing. And some people might think I'm being disrespectful or insulting to Rovers by saying I would love to win it there. I think that's actually a massive compliment yeah. to Shamrock Rovers. That's how big a rival they are. And I don't mean Bradley, I don't mean the team, I mean the fans, because there's no rivalry between the Rovers fans and the City fans, and it is mainly healthy. That's what is required in football. For Cork City, does it does it really count for something that they just scored a hatful against that lone score seven? Does that kind of blow the cobwebs off and does that send a message to the players? Look, we can get goals even without Shawnee because I guess my point is, is that lone were terrible. So do players know that or do they kind of block that part out and only take the positives? No, I, I think it is important that they got goals. Like, I mean, even... If, from playing even myself sometimes if you were yeah. if you weren't doing so well and even if you played a, a mid-season friendly or something and you got that win and whatever you played played a, a lower club or something and you got a few goals it definitely does does affect you and brings back even personal confidence for, for players like hitting the back of the net and stuff like that 
particularly when there had been a few questions asked, like about who's going to play centre forward, is he is he a capable of stepping in? Scoring goals will give you confidence no matter who you score against. And let's not forget, it got them into the quarter final of the FAI Cup. We can go out and say about it long all you want, but like they had to go and finish the chances they had, yeah. and he, and they came out of the blocks. There. I think they were one up after two minutes or in the second minute or something. So like it will certainly fill them full of confidence, as I said, personal confidence for the centre forwards and forward players in particular. Yeah, and um, fake champions, as Live at Oriel is calling them on Twitter. Do you follow Live at Oriel on Twitter? Um, I, so I think I, I don't know if I follow them. I've just seen some of their tweets. Whether it might be in you have to, yeah, anyone who doesn't absolutely has to. Obviously, the Twitter handle suggests that this person is a massive Dundalk fan, and indeed they are. And uh, just the abuse of Cork City in the last couple of weeks has been hilarious. Fake champions, Dundalk are the real champions. If the league started now, Dundalk would win it. It's just thoroughly entertaining. Well, technically, Dundalk are the champions, so I suppose he has a point, but I don't think they will be for, for much longer. I think we had this chat about uh, if the league started now. like you know, It didn't, though. No. It hasn't. And, and, and it started last it, March. In fact, it's nearly over. So, in fact, it is it started over. started in February. Over. It's actually. been over for a long time. Yeah. So, uh, no, I, I, I must give them a follow and, and, and see what it's like. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty good stuff. Um, the game in Tala for Shamrock Rovers, I guess... Well, their concentration, I was going to say, is on the cup, but it's not really. They'll still need a top three possible finish uh, to get into Europe. So the league is still a big deal for them. Yeah, it is, definitely. I, 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 they're already in the EA Sports Cup final, so they have a cup final to look forward to. They're challenging for third spot, which would guarantee Europe. The way the cup draw has fallen with Cork, Rovers and Dundalk all avoiding each other, you would think that one or two of them will possibly get to the final. So fourth would probably bring the uh, European place as well. So I think he'll go all out for for every competition now because like it's not as if they've another 20 games left. You know, they're in the quarterfinal, won the final. That could be another three games and and, and, and another final. And then they're the league games. I think Rovers would, would obviously they'd like to finish tour. I think they, they're on the right track as well. I think they, they could finish tour. Derry have had a few bad results. I think they played a friendly at the weekend again trying to get maybe going again and I think they won that so I think Rovers to be honest I, I, if, if I was a betting man I, I think Rovers will finish third Do they have to? Is there that much pressure on Stephen Bradley regardless of what they do in the cup competitions? I don't think I don't know I'm not a Rovers fan so I don't know what the expectations are Wouldn't be hanging out to you if you were <laughs> yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't be in, in kitchen. your kitchen Yeah there you go but uh, no, I, I, th- I would I would say if they qualify for Europe that would be the, the main thing because primarily you get the finances in from the European money. If they happen to finish fourth and win the League Cup, even like, you know, I think that's a that's a decent season for them. If they finish third, do well. They, they got Blue, they have Blue Bell in the quarterfinals of the Cup. Though Blue Bell did well, uh, beat Cavantilli, you would expect Rovers to, to go and beat them. So possible semi-final of a Cup, final of another, third, fourth in the League like I think it's been a decent enough season so far. Now it could they could lose a few games and it's like oh god it's it hasn't gone so well. But if they win those couple of uh, crucial games, like it could turn out to be a very good season for them. Yeah, well it should be an interesting tie this Friday night. This is the part where I drop in a line that I pretend you didn't tell me to say beforehand. But uh, Longford keeper did very well in the cup uh, at the weekend, didn't he, Kevin? He did. Yeah, Jack Brady's his name. Yeah, he. Uh, I don't think he this was, was in no way mentioned before we started recording. No, he uh, he actually deserves a lot of credit because who, they, signed, who, who brought him to Longford? Well, Alan Matthews signed him. He was the manager, but, but, I, but you would have been there at the time, I right? Him, you would have recommended him, yeah. I did recommend him. Yeah, I had him at Chelsea, but uh, 
he actually banger did very well in the it was the last round of the cup last week against Longford and um Don Count scored and Banger had a, a great chance and, and it was Jack Brady that actually pulled off a fantastic save to yeah. not to let it go into extra time or yeah extra time but uh, I think he might have been he's getting a bit of stick I think today on Twitter and stuff uh, I think he was called Stephen Conlon by the commentator and Brian Kerr went along with it as well and in fairness to Brian Brian normally knows every player in the in, yeah. in the league and the Leinster Senior League and every Leinster Junior League yeah. the DDSL everyone but uh I think Jack deserves a bit of a mention for that. So it was definitely Jack Brady that kept Longford in the cup. Yeah. Now for Galway, it was a it was a mixed weekend in the cup. Yona um, Ayunga is out for the rest of the season, which means his time with Galway is done. Um, they won the match, they progressed, but he'll be a huge, huge loss for the rest of the season as they try and shoot their way out of the relegation zone. Yeah, massive, and, and he even scored the other night, um, which. They scored a late goal to win 2 0, but the, the first goal was probably the crucial one in that game. Because I actually fancied Pats, I thought Pats would, would beat them because they'd been in good form. But yeah, he was he's he's done well for them since he's gone in. And I remember at the time thinking when they let Fardy go and Grace go and not let Grace go, but you know what I mean? Yeah. But and thinking would they bring people in to, to strengthen them. But he's certainly strengthened them. He, he's done better for them than Vinnie Fardy had done in the previous few months. So yeah, massive, big, strong player. Gets gets goals, unsettles defenders. The other team, it would be a, he, an intimidating presence. Like if you're if yeah. you're standing in the tunnel beside him, you know, and, and you know you're in for a game. So it's it's a massive one for them, all right. Do you think that in this kind of situation, the rules could be a bit relaxed or it could be changed because Galway don't have a huge squad, right? So you lose a player like that. It's obviously one of your main players gone. Everyone knows how important he is. Do you think if they went and said, look, we really do need to bring in a replacement because? It's an injury. It's not like he's out of form. It's not like we're dropping him. Do you think maybe in a situation like that, the rules could be relaxed a bit? I never really thought about it. I, I, I suppose, yeah. Like you, you see it in, in tournaments and stuff, but it's normally just the goalkeeper you're allowed. I don't see why, I suppose, the the, the idea there is that you, goalkeeping is a special, real specialist position. And, but I, I don't know. I never actually thought about it. Mm. Maybe, I I know you can, I think you can still sign out a contract. Yeah. But then, why are they out of contract? I took the words out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Now sometimes you might get something, but it's it's like it's very disappointing if you've sort of all put all your eggs in one basket and this yeah. is the guy that's gonna do it for us. Now you can you can never say that because there's always a possibility of anything happening. Yeah. But it's it's uh no it's it's very, very disappointing for them. Stephen B. Fullen was very disappointed that Soccer Republic didn't even mention the tackle. Now I know he's frustrated. I know that you know it was a major incident, so maybe it could have been mentioned, not that I tell any uh, other media outlet how to do their job well actually I do it all the time but okay um, I do understand that you can't put everything in I've had a look at the tackle on a couple of occasions it might have been clumsy but I don't think it was vicious I, like I don't think anyone's going in to try and break anyone else's leg there no I don't think so um, I saw it myself a few times it's, I don't know if it was the, if it was the trailing leg that, that yeah. sort of caught him and I really I it wasn't know. high like it wasn't, no, it wasn't uh, like, who was it Taylor on Seamus Coleman was that the name yeah, of the, yeah, whichever yeah. the Welsh player was yeah, on Seamus yeah. like it wasn't like that it wasn't no, no. reckless no no it was complete no I, you ne- you you don't know of course what's in any player's yeah. mind but I don't I don't think it was it was malicious or, or setting out to do any damage and like sometimes as bad look I've had my leg broken myself I know it's like sometimes yeah. these things happen it's not easy for Galway it's not easy for younger to even like to, to hit, hear it maybe that they attach some blame to the Pats player I don't know but I certainly don't think it was it was really that much as you say compared to like the likes of the Coleman one it was nowhere close because he, he went in low 
for the tackle. It, like he wasn't, didn't leave the ground. It might have been the trailing leg. And as I say, look, it might have been clumsy and only the tackler himself can tell you exactly what was going through his mind. But I think having watched a lot of football and watched a lot of vicious tackles and maybe put one or two in myself in five-a-side, um, I think we'd know the look of a vicious tackle. You'd certainly know the vi- look of a vicious tackle and that didn't have the look of a vicious tackle. No, I, I, I really don't think so. Like, um, it's, it's no consolation for... Yeah. For a young guy, whether it was or not, like you know, because you read that, that stage, you're sort of your camp. I'm sure Seamus Coleman doesn't care about Taylor or like you know whatever. Like it's it's, it's I said it's no consolation, but I, I genuinely don't, I, I don't think I call it. If I thought it was a ridiculous tackle, yeah. I, I I would say it, but I, I I don't think it was. What would your advice be to a younger now? Obviously on the long road to a comeback, hopefully not too long. It's a place you've been in your football career. It's not a particularly nice place. No, it's horrible. Um, I suppose like you, you, you try and, and, and stay as positive. I, I don't know what his contract situation is. Like it's probably a bit different here. Like when when I have happened me, like I was in Liverpool and had a few years left in contract. So mm-hmm. sort of, at least you have that little bit of security behind. I don't know the situation with with a younger, but he would. I'm sure the club will look after him. I'm sure he he get his rehab sorted. The positive for him is that he did come in and hit the ground when he was doing well and. You would think like the way things are now. I don't, again, I don't know how bad the the break is or whatever, but you would think that with the facilities and and stuff that that clubs have now, he'd be he'd be probably now already on the road to recovery. You know, they they get going very quickly yeah. doing stuff. Whether it's just a bit of movement, flexibility stuff, they they do do it a lot quicker than they used to. They don't just stick it in a cast for six months yeah. or whatever. Like, so you would think that he needed to focus his mind and get out. And and it will. And there'd be times where he'd be down and times where he'd be depressed. And and it is hard. There's no doubt about it. But you just have to focus. And as I said. In a, keep stick to the, in a positive thought of how well he had done when he come when he came in. So people at Galway will know how well he have done, and they will want him back as soon as possible. Okay, so let's talk about the Ireland games coming up this week. Uh, Sean McGuire not in the squad. We'll hear from Roy Keane on that in just a moment. But before that, I spoke to him about John Walters, who may or may not be available for the game against Georgia. Uh, Roy, when you're planning for a match like this and you're putting your potential team together and all that how difficult does it make it when you have a player who may or may not be available like John for example with his ankle knock yeah but when when we come together what today today's Tuesday you know you we, we've all I've, we've always said when you turn up for international week you have two or three days just for things to settle down like we've already discussed players carrying knocks a couple of lads coming in a bit later potential lads going away having medicals for transfers in terms of picking the team I think that we're looking towards later in the week when we're clearly when we'll have a clear picture on Ed who's available so I don't think for one minute last night at the hotel we were up till midnight thinking about starting 11s we just think let's have certainly 24-48 hours with the players and, and take stock of who is available and, uh, and we'll do that again over the next day or two um, and it's just, as I said, it's just the norm that we, it, it, even when I turn up, and I've said it before to the media, when you're on about lads carrying knocks, lads who didn't train today, lads who obviously played Sunday, Wardy and Robbie didn't train today. So come tomorrow and Thursday, you start really taking stock of your starting 11. So I can't really give you any sort of insight to that today because it's too early in the week because of the reasons I've just said. How big a presence is John? I mean, obviously he does what he does on the pitch and I think everyone sees that, but presence-wise, how important is oh, he's he for big, this team? big player for us. And, and his performance is, uh, will tell you that. Um, since we've come into the job, obviously I work with John at Ipswich. Um, uh, important character, 
in the dressing room, um, on set pieces, leadership. Um, again, he's got a, a good move to Burnley on the back of his performances again for Stoke over the last few years. A very consistent performer. And we are fingers crossed that he will be fit because if he's not, he'd be a big loss to us, just like Jeff and Seamus and all these boys. But what we've we've done it before, we've been missing players before, and lads have come in and do a good job for us. But John is John's role in the team on and off the pitch is, is pretty important. There's no getting away from that. Shawnee Maguire missed out on the final twenty five. Was he unlucky? Was it just down to experience? Probably slightly unlucky, yeah. And, and maybe experience comes into it, but there's obviously a few days to play with and you know, don't know them all getting involved even for next week. Let's see how the next few days go. The first game, uh, first game obviously the weekend. I've seen him once or twice this season. He looks nice and sharp. And um, if he keeps doing, certainly playing regularly for Preston, obviously he wants to get a few more goals under his belt. Um, he'll be in with a show, of course he will be. Roy Keane speaking to me at Abbottstown earlier on before I arrived at Kevin's Kitchen. Um, that point about John Walters and the fact that he is a presence. Now, Keane didn't exactly say yeah, he's the modern version of me. But that's kind of what I was hinting at when I was talking to him. He is really important as a presence in this Irish team. He's more than just kind of what he brings as a player. Oh, he's massive, massive for Ireland. Yeah, and he's over the years, he's, he's over the last few years, he's been one of Ireland's most influential players, better players. Um, even saw that in, uh, in the Euros. He wasn't fit and he still was playing, mm. which which says a lot about him as well, that he, he, he wants to play and he wants to be there and, and saw stuff interviews with him during the last couple of weeks of how important it is for him to to play for Ireland and you can see it in his game in fairness and again I, I spoke in a different context about someone intimidating if he's standing in the tunnel and you look and say he looks like a handful and that certainly happens when you look at John Walters and he stuck the last the last uh, game against Austria he came up with the goals as well scored the goal like it, it was He's massive for and I can understand why, even if he doesn't make the first game, I can understand why they would be pushing him to be ready for the, the second game. He doesn't, although he's a big lad, he seems, a lot of, a lot of time with bigger lads, you, you, you feel that they need a good bit of training before. He seems to be get, get through fairly quick with, with a bit of adrenaline or whatever it is. Yeah, that's what Martin O'Neill actually said yesterday in the press conference, that even if he doesn't train the whole pile, they wouldn't worry about playing him. No, because like, I mean, naturally a fit enough fella anyway, but I think he, he as I said, he... he he seems to thrive on playing for Ireland and like he's had a good club career as well but I mean he certainly seems to come to the fore when he's playing for Ireland and he doesn't seem to as he just said what Martin O'Neill said doesn't need to do an awful lot of training to, to come in and play a role and play an important role for Ireland yeah. Now Sean Maguire is also not included I appreciate we're probably going to sound biased because we're coming at this from the League of Ireland side and you want the League of Ireland players to progress but uh... I can understand why he isn't maybe in the starting 11 or even being sprung from the bench in these games. But to not have him in the 25-man squad, especially when you consider we don't have kind of out-and-out goal scorers, and he is different to the rest. He brings something different, as Keith Andrews says. I, I don't understand really why he's not in the 25-man squad at the very least. No. You can always go with the experience, and these are two vital games. And But sometimes like you need that little wild card, you know, like... Uh, I think I would have had, would have had him. I, I can, and even if he kept the other forwards in, I, I probably would have sacrificed somebody else to have him in. Like you know, yeah. we don't really see David McGoldrick, possibly, but or, or like one of the midfielders or a defender. Like you know, yeah. to 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 have as I said that unknown quantity for probably other international teams. I like, wouldn't probably know who Sean McGuire is. So and as you said, he, he he's he's different. He hasn't 
scored loads of goals in the last few weeks, but like I still think, first of all, give him a chance and he'll score. Yeah. But give him man a of the match at the weekend for Preston. Yeah, that's what I get. And and I think he was playing a slightly different role as well yeah. for Preston, so you could have that. Um, yeah, I, I look and it, and it does obviously. We'd obviously be batting for him, but I, I thought he would. It's sort of again. I was only thinking about it today, actually. The whole massive squad announcements, I just don't see it and get it. Like, I mean, it was a few, maybe last year when Chris Forrester was in the 40 and everyone thought, brilliant, whatever it was. And that's brilliant. And then he's not in the squad. I don't know how that makes players feel. Yeah. Like, well, no, you're not actually good enough to be in the squad. Like, you're not good enough to be in the top 25 players available for Ireland at the moment. But but even, say, for instance, last week when when there, or whenever it was, the big squad announced that Sean McGuire was, was, Say, look, you're not in this time, but you're on standby. I actually think he would have got a bit of a boost from that. When I know he wanted, might have wanted to be in the squad, but even well, I'm on the radar. But then you're sort of you get a massive lift and a bit of a high, and then it's a, actually you know you're not in the squad. I don't, I just, I don't see the logic in it. Like for years and years, the squad was announced, and then there could be another like one of those faxes at the time. Probably still is. I don't know emails <laughs> sent to, to it's emails. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, but the transfers are still faxes, aren't they? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. but. They like as I said, this, the initials going to be announced, but like there could be another five, six, seven players on standby, and and the club would know that. They don't need to tell the whole world about it. I just, I don't see the logic. I think it's it's setting some players up for a bit of an emotional roller coaster. A really high God, but like I'm sure McGuire had been asked about this. I'm sure hundreds, hundreds of times last week. Oh, you're in the Ireland squad. No, he's not in the Ireland squad. So I, I think that could to be fair. Keynote today when we just heard the clip there. Obviously, he said maybe he'll be in for the Serbia game. Now maybe. He's just saying that, but maybe they might actually bring him in for that. Maybe, but then <laughs> what's the logic in that? Like, why would you not have him in in, in for for this game as well, or even or even around around the squad? Like, yeah. why can't even if even if they were on standby, why couldn't he still be in around the squad and training? Yeah. Like, it doesn't to me. Like, I'm not an international manager, probably never will be. But like, I I just going back to the original point, I don't see the logic in having these big squads to set players up to be. Oh, you're well done. You're in the Ireland squad, and then they yeah. let them down. Because no matter what, like they're human beings, and it will, it will affect you, and it can, that can affect your confidence. Well, actually, no, maybe I'm not that good enough to be there. Like you know, so yeah. and and going back to Roy Keane, and maybe he maybe he will because he could pick up injuries, or they might yeah. mightn't score win win the game in Georgia. They mightn't think what they did well enough up front or around those areas and they might call him in but again why would they not just call him in now that it was good to see Daryl Horgan knocking about there today and Kevin Long as well two players with the League of Ireland connection Seamus Coleman to come back but that'll take a while um talking about the centre of defence and Kevin Long we actually heard from him today I had a chat with him and Kieran Clark uh, about kind of various things and this is how it went Kieran for yourself if there was kind of maybe one or two things that jump into your mind when you think, okay, this is what I've learned when I've played for Ireland. What are those one or two things, just maybe things you would have done that you now don't on the pitch or whatever, anything at all? Um, well, what that I've learned when I've been playing? Yeah. Um, Especially for Ireland and international yeah. football. You know, it's just ne- obviously never, never give up in the games. Um, obviously, I never really do that anyway, but I think we've shown that, you know, it's, the game's not over until it's over and, um, We've managed to get some good results, you know, late on in games, and um, you know we'll always keep fighting in the games. Definitely. Um, another thing, probably just to yeah, just try and stay stay composed. You know, it's um, it's more and more tactical in the international games. You know, as 
Um, sometimes you're going to have spells when you don't have a, uh, a lot of the ball. Um, and as a defender, it's about staying concentrated and switched on, and and you know, keeping that keeping the shape as a team. And um, you know, down the middle of the pitch is is, a, is almost a spine. And um, you know, if you can keep that strong, then you're always in with a good chance of getting a good result. When you say stay composed, does that mean like keeping an eye on? whatever forward or attacking midfielder you're watching, does it mean kind of not pushing up out of position, staying in a, in a tight back three, back four, whatever formation you happen to be playing? Yeah, it's a number of things really. You know, it's obviously making sure you're in the right position and um, just, like I said, when you don't have the ball for, for long periods in games, it's it's um, it's, it's about tr- trying to be focused and, and switch on, like I said, watching the players, trying to, trying to squeeze up the pitch, when to drop. You know, it's, there's a number of things that need to be focused on. So, um, um, yeah, like I said, it's just just about trying to keep concentrated in games and, and stay switched on. And, and hopefully, you know, like I said, you can you can always be in with a shout. Kevin, uh, I think Patrick spoke about it earlier on that you were put into a big game uh, in well earlier in the season in a international in the group sense. So you're kind of coming here and you're probably thinking, well, actually, I have a real chance of playing here because it's happened before. Does that kind of give you a bit of a spring when you arrive in Ireland camp, maybe having not played as much as you wanted to for your club so far this season? Yeah, but I think um, I think everyone's in the same boat. Everyone that's in the squad is going to want to play. Um, but all you can do is, as, as I said before, is, is work hard in the training ground. Everyone is, everyone's, uh, there's a lot of competition for the places. So everyone's fighting for uh, for that, getting the starting eleven. Obviously, everyone that's here is going to want to play. Um, I think they'll have a chance of playing. So all you can do is keep working hard all week and uh, get to the manager to make a decision. Is it tough when you're kind of so close but so far away club-wise? I mean, you've been on the bench for the three games. You featured obviously in the the League Cup tie, but I imagine that means that you're kind of looking and saying, "Well, I'm not far away, but I'm not where I want to be exactly." Yeah, I'm itching to play. Um, Every footballer wants to be playing games, and I'm no different. Um, obviously, not played in the league, only played in the cup so far. It's been a bit frustrating, but um, all I can do is keep keep working hard and make sure when my chance comes that I'm ready. News Talks League of Ireland podcast, and that was Kevin Long, and before him, Kieran Clark, talking about Ireland and the upcoming games against Georgia and Serbia. Um, I didn't want to be too blunt with Kieran Clark, but in a very nice sort of way. Well, I thought it was nice. I was trying to put it to him that maybe he overcommits at times, maybe he dives in, and maybe that's why he's been in and out of the Ireland team rather than a solid, absolute, locked-in starting centre-back. And he said there that you know he's learning and he's learning how to read a game a bit better. I presume that's what he was addressing when he was giving me that answer. How tough is that as a defender? Because I guess you need to be committed, but if you oversell yourself, if you've pushed far, too far up, then... You're on the ground. You're no good to anyone, and you're leaving a gap in behind. Yeah, and and a lot of it is 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 concentration, and it's like as fit as you want to be physically and mentally, you have to be switched on for whatever 96, 97 minutes. I think we saw it again going back to the Euros. I think we saw it in the Euros when you overcommitted and we end up conceding a, a bad goal yeah. against Belgium, wasn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and, and that's the exact moment I was thinking of yeah. when I asked him the question. Now I didn't want to be a dick yeah. and say that to him because anyone could make a mistake, and you know we were completely outclassed in that game and. I remember at the time him being really criticised and I thought, okay, it's a little bit unfair. Ultimately, he did make a mistake, but I've seen him do it once or twice. Now, he's quite young, but anyway, you, you were making the point that he ne- maybe needs to learn learn concentration. He actually has all the basics, just that bit of concentration and experience. Yeah, I think he has all the basics. I mean, he's, he's a Premier League defender. He scored, scored a goal the other, the other day for Newcastle as well. He actually gets a couple of goals in fairness to him. But it's, 
the higher the level you go, the the better the opposition obviously you're playing against. And like if you if you overcommit players, like if you get too tight to a centre forward, for instance, he'll roll you. If you stand off him too much, he'll be able to get at you. So it's it's finding that balance of, of getting in the right positions all the time and and keeping concentration. He has a tendency to to lose concentration and and and. and a fair couple of our, of our defenders, our central defenders in particular, do have those momentary laps and, and then you find yourself, and a lot of the time people will, would even go back to the days of Paul McShane playing, I'm not comparing, I'm just using him as an example mm. of when he get into the team first and people, he was making these brilliant tackles and sliding tackles and all, but there was a reason why he was making them was because he was out of, in the wrong position in the yeah. first place and sometimes I find that with, with, with the likes of Clark and but as I said, he's the more he plays international football, the, the more he plays Premier League football. So he was there for a while with Villa, yeah. but Villa were weren't great, and Newcastle aren't brilliant. Yeah, at the you moment, were essentially you know. taking the pitchfork, the tied out with a pitchfork when you were in the back at the back for Villa. Yeah, exactly. Like, and you, and you, you can't be judged by that. And he obviously got a good move to a big club Newcastle. They, at least they they won at the weekend, so the, they might be uh, going a bit going a bit better from now on. And then you have Elliot and goal as well, which which yeah. is, is good for Ireland. But going back to Clark. I think the more he plays international football, the more he plays. And he's played a, f- a few games, but the more he pl- plays and gets all, those concentration levels up, because as you said, he has all the tools. That's a real Brendan Rodgers thing to say, but he has all the tools. Like, But yeah. hopefully he'll step in, and, and, and yeah. I'm sure he'll play. I think I, Martin O'Neill likes him. You can, you can yeah. definitely tell that he plays him more often than not when he's when he's there. And he's yeah. he's done well. He hasn't been him. afraid to drop him either. No, well, and he did, and he did. And I, I think Martin O'Neill is like that, in fairness. Yeah. He does. Doesn't I wouldn't, I wouldn't he has loyalty to his players but if they don't do the business he leaves them out. Well, Aidan McGeady is the perfect example, well, isn't he? Yeah, well, it's, yeah, mm-hmm. and look, he seems to be in good form, so he might be rewarded. I, I wouldn't be very surprised if he was playing. Were you gone from Liverpool by the time Rafa got there? Yeah. Did you ever? Yeah. Okay, but w- would you know a few lads who would have worked with him? And yeah, is yeah. he kind of the ideal man to work with, Kieran Clark, on something like this? Yeah, because he's very uh, tactically, tactically aware and, and goes through a lot of stuff quite defensive minded as well which yeah, would yeah. like you know he wouldn't leave the place too open like um, which would help a centre half for instance if you're if one of your full backs is bombing on he might get to the to stay and he might have a sitting midfielder yeah. sitting in front of you because again going back to his villa time they were all over the shop yeah. and, and I mean you can know, as you say it's trying to stem the tide when you're standing there with another centre half and there's four fellas mm-hmm. running, running at you and the midfielders are all your midfielders yeah. are all on the wrong side of the and ball. one of the other defenders is Jolien Lescott who's too busy tweeting about his sport sorry accidentally tweeting yeah. about his sports car in his pockets yeah yeah, yeah well look that, I'd, I'd say that the sooner they forget about that experience the better but <laughs> um, yeah no I, I think it would definitely help him I think for any Newcastle player it's great to have I know we're going a bit yeah. <laughs> Premier League here but yeah. uh, at least you didn't say premiership. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Roy said that a couple of times today. I wasn't going to correct him. Who, Roy? Roy Keane, oh, no, yeah. I, I, think, I, I think it made the, the, the right choice. He's the only man, actually, who would have got away with predicting a Galway win in Sunday's All-Ireland final. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't have corrected him. The only guy who could say something like that without being stopped by me. But yeah, Rafa is the man to make him better. Yeah, def- definitely. I would say he's lucky to, to be working with a world-class manager. In fairness, yeah. there's one Champions League, like one La Liga. So, you know, it's, it's, he'll definitely benefit from that. Yeah. And finally, Kevin Long hasn't started or played in the Premier League this year, but we heard from him there. He played in the League Cup match. Um, has done well when he has played. His career has been held up by an injury, so it's great to see him playing full stop. But he didn't do too much wrong against Austria, did he? I mean, that's no. the really only example we have to take of Kevin Long at a high level because he just he hasn't played enough in the last while. No, and we haven't seen him in the Premier League since a lot since that. Austria, Austria, I yeah, haven't seen him at all this year. He's yeah, been on the bench three times. I know it's only back, but 
Um, no, I thought he, I thought he did well coming in like his first game. I thought he, I thought he did very well. Um, I don't know what Martin O'Neill will go with. It's very hard to predict Martin O'Neill teams anyway. Like he does, does throw in the odd bombshell or things that other people mightn't expect. But like I mean, they're sitting joint top of the group. They've four games to go. They've really, really good chance of qualifying if they could go over, get a win in Georgia, take a point against Serbia. Like. Who knows? Get two wins, and we're, we're I wouldn't say we're there. He's still yeah. got the Wales game and not the come, but like we're four points ahead of them, like you know. So yeah. it's a massive, massive week for for them, like you know. If it's like you, as I said, if you get four points out of it, I think they'll be happy enough. But Georgia, we've done all right against them. I know other teams struggle against them, and it's a, the old stereotypical tricky place to go. But we've done all right. I think McGeady's done well over there as well. Yeah. So that's the the one that I think was scored a magic goal there a while ago. Late one, wasn't it? Yeah. So I think. Uh, I think he'd be uh, foremost in Martin. I'll be interested to see who plays up front. That's the the one I'd be thinking of. He tends to go with with Daryl Murphy. I think again it'll depend on Walters. Does Wesley play as he always plays? If for most people again from our parish, I suppose you'd say you'd want him to play. But it'll be interesting to see what what team he goes. I suppose it'll depend on the next few days. About really, I think the Walters one is key to see what way we line up. I hate to go along the cliched comments regards Martin O'Neill but I would say Wesley is unlikely to play or start anyway against Georgia he'd be more likely to start against Serbia um, you mentioned Daryl Murphy there he seems to be a kind of a practical guy I don't think his confidence will be damaged by the fact that as soon as Newcastle got up he was sold off he kind of understands football and how it works he was needed for the championship but they needed something else for the Premier League and now he's at Forest and he's getting regular game time yeah Daryl's had a few great I actually played him the year I was yeah. on at Waterford yeah, yeah. yeah I played against him I remember actually at the time playing against him, I thought he, there was a talk, of it was him and Kevin Doyle were the two ones that were next to go and I, I really found him harder marking him than Kevin Doyle. Now Kevin Doyle went on to have a brilliant career, Don't get, I'm not saying anything against him, but I went to play, I played with Daryl Murphy now for a while and he's gone on to great success and got some big, and played for some big clubs, like you know, he's really, right, Forest, uh, Newcastle, absolutely like, yeah. So, is it just yeah, his power that makes him hard no, to play against I actually think and probably the, the higher the level you go the less technically you look but I think he's actually technically a decent player like he would, definitely wouldn't get the credit for it and took him a long time to get his first international goal he only got it there a while ago like so against Serbia actually yeah, yeah. and that might come into play as well but I think in, in some of the big games when we haven't since probably Robbie Keane has gone um, he's gone with, with Daryl Murphy and he never lets lets Ireland down, like you know. And, and as I said, he, he he is a good player. I was gonna say he, he gets goals. He's only hasn't got many for. I think he's only got the one for him. But he'll. Uh, oh, I have a funny feeling he will go with him. If he starts him, is it a case of you're looking for him to get knockdowns, or is Daryl capable of a bit more than that? You've obviously watched him the last while, and as you mentioned, played with and against him. Yeah, he he can score goals all right. Again, it's a much higher level he's playing at now, so it's it's harder to to, to score those goals, but. It would be about bringing people into the play as well. His hold of play sometimes let lets him down a little bit. Sometimes things bounce off him a bit. Or he's not like if we if we've midfield, we don't tend to have that many midfield runners. So like it's it's sort of maybe getting it into him, getting it down, getting it wide, and getting in the box. And he's like McLean or if it's McGeady, hopefully Horgan yeah. at some stage, uh, getting down and getting balled into the box. That's what he's, he's decent in set pieces. He again he he unruffles defenders from from corners and stuff. And a lot of our important goals come from like we might only get that one yeah. chance and 
he, he you know set pieces he, he could be the one to one time I get it so it's not too subtle he is exactly what a big man should be yeah he is yeah but he's and not much more he's the st- no no I think he's a bit more he's, the st- he's probably the uh, you know the old oh, he's a big man but he's decent touch like he, he, <laughs> another cliche but he, the Niall Quinn type I mean I don't think anyone knew Niall Quinn had a good touch until he played with Sunderland at the end because like, he just used to bang everything in them but then he turned into he actually could play a little bit as well but uh, no I think I think Daryl's a good option like you know he has a, he has a few pity he said he was never going to play Sean McGuire anyway if he was there like that was, that was never going to happen so but I, I, I think just going from previous selections I think he, he might go for that one Okay, well, that's it on Ireland. Just before we go, uh, I want to say well done, but ultimately hard luck to the Shelburne ladies who were desperately unlucky not to get through their Champions League group despite beating Linfield. Yeah, they went. They, they were unbeaten in the three games and I, they were unlucky not to go through. I was, I was following their, their stuff on Twitter and uh, I would actually know a couple of the girls. Um, they were playing. Some of them were playing in, in a game we played in there a while ago and uh, they've been really, really successful over the last few years and to get so far and as I said to go through the, the group unbeaten was a, a fantastic achievement they'd be disappointed that they didn't get through uh, but look it's major progress for the uh, women's football in the country to be even competing on those stages yeah, that's very true okay Kevin that's it uh, from your kitchen where we recorded the podcast today um, how can people send in you, their abuse to you at your own kitchen table I might have I don't think I could take it if I was sitting in my own kitchen but this is where well, I then go, go to the living room yeah then. okay well, it's at kevdoc5 anyway okay you can get me on at Oshin Langan Kevin thank you very much you're very welcome and we'll talk to you next week good luck bye bye